Hey, AfterBuzzers, welcome to the first ever Twin Peaks After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. We are so excited. We're talking about the first and second episode. We obviously have a lot to say, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, you twin freaks. I'm going to call you Twin Freaks because that's what we are. Thank you so much for tuning into our Twin Peaks After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. Right here, I have this pretty cool guy. You know, hey. He knows a lot about stuff. I'll take it. I'll take it. I am Lex Michael. I am dead, yet I live, kids. And I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And this awesome person, look look yeah. at him. Do just, you like, do you just like look my at him. Twin Peaks outfit? Yeah. I, I got do. everything at Horn's department store. <laughs> <laughs> you did it well. You did it well. Hey guys, I'm Michael Shirley, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Michael X Shirley. Hey everybody, thanks for joining. I'm Lisa Mason Lee, and you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. Hey, and we're on the live chat. Ask us questions, comment. We're here, we're watching, we want to talk. We're aficionados. <laughs> and you know, this is a sh- perfect show for us to all talk about it, especially in the live chat, so I couldn't recommend more for people to talk in the live chat and to comment on YouTube when they're watching it. Before we break down this episode, is anyone else feeling like super emotional that it's back? <laughs> and you watched it and you're like, oh my god, what just happened? Yeah. We're striking a nicely emotional tone, or a mellow tone right now, rather, that I feel like is going to gradually implode further into this conversation (laughs) that we get, because I'm not going to be able to contain myself once we hit certain (laughs) plot points. Yeah. I know. I... You guys, I made an owl noise. What was that? <laughs> it literally just came out of my mouth. I am an owl. What happened? I don't know. What What are your guys' pasts with this show? Oh my gosh. Well, I was first. basically a little baby, and my mom was watching Twin Peaks. And I can barely remember it. But I remember some of the episodes, she'd be like, okay, you got to go in your room now. <laughs> you know, she put me away. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it was an interesting thing to see at that time, you know, when TV was, wasn't that exciting. I mean, it was exciting, but David Lynch was so edgy at the time, as you guys all know. And it's great to have it back. Yeah, I I found it in college. My best friend in college loved it, and I was I've always been a huge John Waters fan. So she was like, "You you really need to see this James uh, David Lynch show." And I was just like, "What in the world did I just watch?" And I just got, slowly got addicted to it. I know it's like a very dark hole that you can get yourself into. Yeah, what about I, you, Lex? I found it the better part of a decade ago, and it was at a time where it had been off the air for, I think, over 10 years, and we all assumed that after Fire Walk With Me, that was it. There was to be no more Twin Peaks at all, and as you guys and everybody listening know, the show ends on about the, the most profound gut punch of a cliffhanger imaginable, and I felt like, well, we, I know there's no more of this story, but I can't let this go, so my only outlet for the longest time was to just everybody that I could get to sit down and watch the whole show. I was like, you're going to sit here and you're going to go on this journey with me because I need you to know this pain that I live with every day. <laughs> and then, you know, also uh, I found the books as well, you know, in the in the time between... Laura Palmer's Diary 
Diary, too. Yeah, The Secret Diary, mm-hmm. uh, Diary of Laura Palmer, uh, the, the Autobiography of Special Agent Dale Cooper, My Life, My Tapes, which is way out of print, but if you look hard, you can find it online. And then, of course, uh, super recently, Mark Frost put out The Secret History of Twin Peaks, the mm-hmm. first of two novels that are to tie in with this new series, which I read when it came out. I assume I'm going to be going back to it more than once in the weeks to come. But there were a couple of things that came up in this episode tonight where my brain just caught fire. I was like, that's like the book. Oh, my goodness. And I think specifically they said that uh, Fire Walk With Me was going to be referenced and that was going to be a big chunk of this, sh- this show. Rather than referencing season one, season two, it's Fire Walk With Me, mm-hmm. which I rewatched last night mm-hmm. and it scared the panties off of me. I'm not even going to... I just love you. that. It's oh, it's oh, I love it. It's so gritty and oh. Yeah, it, it. it was my first time ever watching Firewalk with me. I actually watched it last week because I had read that you know we should see that before watching this series. So, wow, it fills in like everything that you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Feel like you didn't know yeah like, you know, like this wow laura was yeah. wild wasn't she yeah. yeah i'm very glad that it seems like in the last handful of years firewalk with me has undergone this critical reappraisal because when it first came out people it, booed yeah people yeah. were mad and i get that if you loved twin peaks and you knew okay this is it he's good this is david lynch's final statement in the twin peaks universe he's gonna answer everything we're gonna find out what happened to cooper etc 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 well, that's not what he did. And I, I get why, if all of your hopes were riding on those answers, it was maybe disappointing. I get why maybe it was not initially better received. I think it's, if not his best movie, certainly top three mm-hmm. for me personally. It, it was is freaking awesome. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. It's harrowing. It's deeply upsetting because it's a story more so than it's a story about the Twin Peaks mythology. It's a story about trauma and pain and grief and violence, specifically sexual violence. It doesn't let the audience off the hook at any point in the story, which is why I had no clue what to expect from the tone of this show. David Lynch has only become an even more alienating artist since Firewalk. (laughs) Have you guys seen Inland Empire? Yes. So I was expecting something a little more in line with Inland Empire. Uh, The first thought I had when these two episodes ended was, wow, that was infinitely more coherent than what I was expecting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I was, what the heck? You know, I think we all had so many different uh, reactions to these two. And it wasn't two episodes exactly. It was a full-on movie. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, they say we're going to premiere with two episodes or a two-hour thing. No, this was actually just a full-on two-hour They did that with all their season premieres. All the season premieres were two hours. Like... Back in the 90s. Well, the first and second, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. for season one and season yeah. two. I'm like watching it, and I'm like, why is this episode so long? I'm but like, I mean, oh, okay, you can't keep... Uh, <laughs> listen, we, uh, I mean, you're in your 30s, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm 31. So we can't, you know, you were young at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Young-ish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call you out on that. I right. will say that when I was that age, I had an older brother, 13 years older than me, and he was a, he liked to terrify me. 
And this was what started it. (laughs) And a lot of things came after Twin Peaks, but this was, he was like, watch this, Sammy. (laughs) He, like, liked to scare me. And so I still have nightmares about Twin Peaks, but then when I rewatched it, it was like good nightmares. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I rewatched it as well. I crammed before this, I will admit. And um, I felt like, wow, I should have seen the whole series years ago because I felt like it made me feel a little more normal about my own dreams. <laughs> I, you know, some people don't remember their dreams, and I just love that this show gives a nice shout-out to people that somehow remember their dreams. They're not psychopaths. Color. Might be. Lucid. Maybe. Well, uh, on that note, let's start to talk about uh, Agent Cooper, and we see him, you know, with our good old friend, the tall man. Are we talking about doppelganger Dale? <laughs> well, no, we're not talking about bad Dale yet. We're talking about regular Dale. This weird, yeah, this weird uh, monochromatic prologue that we get where it's okay so it seems like because they're doing the backward speak and he's talking to the giant that we must be in the lodge somewhere but this is where my my brain starts going like all right well what do these very specific aesthetic choices mean why here are we in black and white where everywhere else in the lodge we're in that full that classic the red curtain and the black and white floors why like minutia like why in those other color black lodge scenes is cooper wearing that pin on his jacket, and why is there no pin in this prologue? I want to know why the floor wow. is a different color. You said that. I, that it's driving me nuts. It's like maroon and white instead of black and white, the little zigzag floor. But back to the pin, would that by chance? It's not the same color that the ring would be in Fire Walk with me, right? No, because the ring was that, that was like big, like that emerald looking like, green yeah. thing. And this was a different color. Because at, I honestly just rewatched it a couple days ago, so I was thinking I'm ready to see that ring. I'm, I'll be very curious to see where the ring pops up, especially when we know that Fire Walk With Me is supposed to be a big part of what we're going to see in this new series. And then doubly so because the ring factors into Mark Frost's book quite a bit. Um, the secret history of Twin Peaks expands the mythology throughout history going all the way back to the discovery of that region of the country in the Lewis and Clark expedition where Meriwether Lewis came into possession of that green ring and was eventually driven insane. He died under very mysterious and violent circumstances. The ring passes through history, eventually ends up in Richard Nixon's possession at one point. Could have to read this. <laughs> this book is mind-bending and uh, we'll, we're going to talk about it. I may, I may tip a little bit of spoilery stuff for the book. Lexes oh. are gone right here. As as applies specifically to what we're hearing in these two episodes, I will give ample warning if everybody wants to like plug their ears for a second, but it's it's all speculation and theorizing, so I'll, I'll save it for a little bit later. But all of that to say, uh, that ring has got to pop up in some capacity over the next 14 weeks. Well, having sure. read all that, does the number 430 mean anything to you? So, okay, so <laughs> these, these clues, no idea, but as we know, are, are the giant is the guy, right, who appears to Cooper and gives him these weird cryptic clues. Yeah. In, the, in the season two premiere, famously, when he's bleeding out on the floor, that's when the giant tells him... Uh, I'm trying a, to help you, too, he says. Yeah, there's a, oh, there's a man in the smiling bag, right? And yeah. uh, the owls are not what they seem, and without chemicals, he points. Mm-hmm. They never really figured out what the owl thing meant within the universe of the show. I think we're supposed to find out now. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, but but also, we, there's enough as an audience member where you can speculate. Like, clearly they're vessels for, if not Bob, some of these other spirits. But the characters in-universe didn't answer that question for themselves. But the other two clues obviously led them to eventually solving Laura Palmer's murder. So these these clues must pay off later in some capacity. But as of this moment, I got nothing. 
Well, we have a lot to find out, but we have these new characters that we start, you know, getting introduced to. We get taken to New York City, and I love that they're kind of telling us where we are, and they're taking us all around the country, and they do that throughout the two episodes. So we have, I say the guy in the basement, but it's not. He's above, right? Yeah, it appears to be. Yes. So I personally thought that this could be a child of somebody we know. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were like, who is that? I know. I was like, we know him. His face (laughs) looks so familiar. But he has, you know, some girl come up or down. Well, both, actually. Uh, It doesn't matter where he is. She still goes down. (laughs) I <laughs> see what you did. I really loved all that B-roll. Yeah, from a lot of Showtime. You know, I'm like, yeah, Showtime. You got it. Ooh, uh, t- the, you're talking about the, like the shots, right? The like yeah, city the shots. New York City These, B-roll is it was so beautiful. David Gorgeous. Lynch, Lynchian. And that oh, no, ambient, I was talking the about the hiss in the background of like the shots. Have you guys noticed the sound? Yeah, the soundscape. Yeah, I thought that was just our headphones. But <laughs> oh no, no, we should rewatch it like with your own headphones at home yeah. and just really take it in. Well, when I when I made that pun, I meant that she was going down and they were up. You know. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes, we get that. <laughs> so it's this, these two new characters. We're not really sure who they are, yeah. when they are. What did you guys feel about this? Did you did you think that you knew what was happening at all, or no? no? Because am I no. the only one that didn't know what was happening there, Lex? I had a Lex, no idea. what do you think? Uh, uh, no, I did not know exactly what was happening. But before we get to the second episode, and some, or actually, no, in the first episode, it starts to pay off a little bit. But before we even get to that. I saw all of these cameras surrounding this glass box, and the first thing I thought of was the scene in Firewalk With Me. It's, the, I believe, the first time we see Dale Cooper, and they're at the Philadelphia field David office. David Bowie? Yeah. yeah oh, it's yes. It's the scene with David Bowie, mm. where Agent Cooper goes out to the hallway, and he stands mm. in front of the camera, yes. walks back to the monitor bank. He's not there. Walks back out, stands in front of the camera again. Walks back to the monitor bank, looks, he's not there. Walks back, stands in front of the camera a third time. At that point, Philip Jeffries enters from the elevator, and when Dale Cooper looks back at the monitor, he is still standing there in that hallway. That was the first thing that I thought of when I saw that camera set up. I love it. Hmm. It's a time-space continuum. Yeah. I mean... you want to know what that box is. Every, it looks like a teleportation device of some sort. I'm not going to lie. it got deeper? Yeah. Like yeah. when he was inside of it and yeah. it pushed him back? It's very scary. I really liked that. If I had a superpower, I would do teleportation. Oh, heck yeah. But not like that. No, that looked horrifying. Yeah, that looked very you scary. You don't want to teleport into that box. So it kind of changed my <laughs> right. mind as far as superpowers uh, that I would have. But we, we see Ashley Judd. You know? Yeah, she was one of yeah. the first like big new names that we get to see. We see Ashley Judd, but like, but like, we also see Ben and Jerry Horn. Of course, oh of course. Gosh. Is that what Ben and Jerry came from? That's what no. I was thinking. No, 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 yeah, exactly. No, no, no. It's a playoff. That I, I always figured it was a playoff. That well, at least it's a nice callback. Well, could you guys even recognize Jerry? I mean, he's all bearded. He, oh he's like a God. pot connoisseur. Yeah, I have it written right here. Time has been cruel to Jerry Horn. <laughs> I thought Jerry Horn has been having so much fun. Yeah, he looked like he's having fun. Yeah. always had the time of his life. The way he oh entered, gosh. even if Ben had not introduced his brother by name, and even if I didn't recognize David Patrick Kelly under the beard, the the big, the boisterous, excited, like parade-like way Jerry enters the room, I felt would have been... 
unmistakable. And the fact that he's now running what sounds like a very successful pot business. Mm-hmm. Is, Legal. Too. Right. Which is almost the most no-brainer thing to me that happened in these two hours tonight was that Jerry went into the pot business. That tracks so perfectly. <laughs> I actually perfectly. liked Jerry. I never did, but now I go, yeah, man. Right. Jerry was always <laughs> kind of sketchy. He was seedy. I always was like kind and of he had the weird like, him. Hey, he had the weird voice. Don't worry, man. Like, no. But now he's all chill. Yeah. And he's old and... He likes to smoke a lot of weed. I want to see Audrey. I don't know what, what oh you guys Oh my god, can we get Audrey? Audrey? I think Audrey was always high. That's my theory. She's really? just been high all the time. I've always wanted Coop and Audrey to get together. Oh, heck yeah. That, that was apparently yeah. a plan at one point during the original run, but in fairness, I think somebody pointed out that he is an agent of the FBI and she's an underage girl. She's 18. But wasn't Heather Gramsk Annie? Wasn't she underage too? She was in high school. She was. She got she out was, of the con- convent. Yeah, she was maybe on the younger side, but I believe again this is all scuttlebutt legal? from twenty something years ago. But I believe part of the reason she was introduced was as an alternative to putting Coop and Audrey together romantically. I mean, couldn't they just make Audrey a year older? Seriously, just so we they can have a satisfaction. They never even went to high school, like, after Laura dies. They don't even go to high school uh, anymore. Well, okay, Laura Flynn Boyle, you <laughs> oh. know, I'm just saying... Uh, oh, not, wait, let's not, not talk to... about that. What oh. if she's watching? We can't talk about Laura. Like, hey. <laughs> Laura Flynn Boyle, hey, just, I wish you... We're just wishing oh. we saw her on the IMDb. Yeah. Like, we wish she was listed as a cast member on I the really season. hate recasting. Well, really. you know what? I, that's more of a reason to talk about her. Okay. So Dish it, Sam. All right. I'm getting into it, guys. <laughs> well, Lisa Witt's going to be in here. I mean, it's going to be um, on the show. Her and si- she, yeah, she plays yes. the sister. So I want to... F- and Dr. Hayward's going to be in the show. Uh-huh. So I feel like we're going to find out. I hope they throw shade at her. They're going to be like, well, yeah, J- Donna, like, dropped off the earth. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Donna's a bitch. No. Listen, we all love Donna. And it's a character. It's a fake character. So yeah, you yeah. guys can't get mad at me yeah. for calling her a bitch. <laughs> but I'm just saying that it's very interesting to see people recast. And she used to date Kyle. Yes. McLaughlin in real life. So What? Yeah. yeah, while they were working on the show for a little while, the two of them dated. What? You guys, this is like 20 years ago, so don't get mad at us for talking <laughs> shit. Okay, but how about the, the recast of Man from Another Place or, you know, oh, the arm? He's a tree now. Okay, oh, cool. <laughs> All right, let's do it. We're just jumping around now. This is amazing. So, so again, now I don't want to, I don't know any of these people personally. If you, if you do a little bit of Google searching, you can see some of the things that Michael J. Anderson has, has said publicly over the last couple of years in regards to David Lynch. That is none of my business either way. Suffice to say, it seems like they had a falling out at some point. When it was announced that he would not be returning, obviously, my first thought was, well, how, he's such a massive piece of the iconography. Oh. The man from another place, the, dancing around in his little red suit. How do you do those scenes without that character? And then I went back and I rewatched the final episode of the original series. And one of the things that the man from another place says to Cooper in the lodge is, when you see me again, oh, it won't be yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it, that oh. did not look like him. Oh, it certainly did not. Problem. It did not. So when he sees, when he's in the second episode, since we're just jumping around now, um, when he sees Mike, the one-armed man, yeah. 
I went, oh, well, all right. I guess that would be the most obvious way. You could just, he was Mike's arm, right? You could just conflate the two and have uh, Al Strobel play the personification of both of them within the lodge. And I was like, all right, we're just, we're going to do that. And then they walk into this other room. Here's the evolution of the arm. It's an electric sycamore with a brain head on it. <laughs> the arm is a brain. Like you might have lost an arm, but you've gotten a tree and a brain on top of it. So, and there's a lot to unpack even there, because although I couldn't really tell you what that's all yeah. about, the, the first of all, okay, ah, the tree... Tree limbs, limb... The li- well, he's the uh, arm, right? Oh, okay. I, You guys, we're just going to be throwing around theories, because the show is so crazy, and I love it. All of you are crazy like I am. We're all, we're all the same, hopefully. But I'm thinking that it's uh, alternate, you know, things that could be happening, Alternate storylines, universes, that's what the tree is for me. That actually makes some sense, right? Because we don't know. It's the evolution of the arm, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't know what he's... At. Presumably, this electric tree is not his final form, right? So, oh. he's... Well, again, I'm pulling that out of nowhere, but I'm going like, that wouldn't be my final form if I had any say in it. I wouldn't be yeah. the electric brain tree guy. But I, <laughs> I do think it's interesting. The tree is a sycamore. Right? Mm -hmm. Just like the trees surrounding Glastonbury Grove. And it's also electrified. And we saw in Fire Walk With Me how it's not, they never explicitly tell you how they do it. But it seems like electricity has to do with transporting these guys around from place to place. Like if you remember, there were those shots of the phone poles and the wires. And you'd hear the little interference sound on the score. And you'd Mm. hear the arm doing the thing on the soundtrack. So I'm like, all right. I don't know why he's the electric tree, but at least this is comprised of elements that are recognizable in the in the mythology. Exactly. Sure. That was the one thing in the show. I just like I couldn't take that seriously. What about you guys? Oh, no, no, I was just that like, one? no, but I, the tree, like the tree, I cannot take that seriously. It's funny. I, like, what it's, is I think this? it's supposed to be a little humorous. You think? I do. It's campy. It's kooky. They do campy stuff. This yeah. show created campy for yes. me at least, and that's one of the reasons I love it so much. We got. A couple new characters, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Hastings, who is Matthew Lillard. Yes. Woohoo! Love him. He's but killing I, it. I just kept looking at him and I go, Bob, is that you? <laughs> Bob. I don't think so. I don't right. think Bob, I mean, yeah. he had a lot of Leland Palmer vibe. He to did. Him. Yeah, you kept saying that. I but then we did that, see Leland on and off through the whole thing, and it's throwing me off. Well... Oh, go ahead. No, no I, I gotta hear your theory. Well, I, <laughs> so, so okay, so I'm not, I, again, I don't know exactly what's going on here. We've seen people who have been possessed by Bob that don't, are not behaving so animalistically and erratically as he does when he's just letting the Bob flag fly, as it were. <laughs> right. Um, so, so possibly, and we saw that Leland, while Leland was possessed by Bob, would go back and forth from these moments of, of very frightening intensity to these moments of oh my god, what did I do? I feel so deeply... You see it a lot in Fire Walk with yeah. me, yes. where he'll terrify his daughter and then sit upstairs and have this moment where it's like Leland comes back and he feels this deep... He doesn't even necessarily know what he did, but he feels this right. deep pain and remorse. There are moments where you can see some intensity to Matthew Lillard's performance and then there are moments where you see some vulnerability. This, to me, is an example of, I think, what's going to be really easy to do as we get further into this show is read a lot into things that aren't necessarily meant to be read into that deeply. This is definitely connected somehow to everything else that's going on. As we saw 
his wife, Bill Hastings' wife, was Hillary paid- Clinton. Mm. You mean <laughs> Hillary Clinton doppelganger? Winston Churchill's cousin. And uh, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, her life. husband's name is Bill, and. Uh. It- so it's not bad that but I said we, that. It's a connection. But she as we saw, old for him. She was paid a visit by the Dale doppelganger. So yes. we know there's a connection. I'm not sure that there is a, a possession connection. Although we did see the spirit, I guess, is what it is, in the cell next to Bill or a few cells over, whose head floated away. Mm-hmm. So mean, there's there's definitely something something afoot. I don't know if there's a possession element to Matthew Lillard's storyline yet. Or it's I mean, just like a ghost thing? We gotta talk about that that lady Which? that was head was cut off and it was like laying oh, in the bed with a, man, a man's body and a woman. Ruth, Ruth Davenport. Davenport. Yes, yes. Well, so oh. that ties into Matthew, uh, Bill Hastings' yeah. storyline, Ruth Davenport. So we see her kind of twisted up in the bed yeah. and it's a bit disturbing but we do realize it does not look like it's supposed to look and <laughs> I think a, a head is on someone else's body. And, you know, we figure out all of these things that maybe, obviously, someone had to do with that. And uh, she is put together by somebody else. And back in the days of, you know, Twin Peaks when it aired, that wasn't exactly what we were used to, putting (laughs) body parts together. You couldn't go this gnarly on ABC in 1990. Yeah, but now we're just breaking people apart and putting them together, and I love it. I knew that Showtime, you know, they gave us boobs, they gave us body parts putting together, so. We also get, leading up to the (laughs) reveal of this body, we get this really long sequence with Ruth's neighbor talking to the police, and I'm so on board with everything David Lynch does, so I was, this was... all, all two hours of this was like candy for me. Mm-hmm. But I was watching these sequences going, so this is about where people who aren't on board with Lynch are going to start getting pissed off, I think. <laughs> because I don't, I we're spending so much time on this weird, like it's almost like uh, uh, odd, oddities and quirkiness for the sake of oddities and quirkiness. I was on board. We did spend a lot of time with this lady. But we're now we're following this investigation as it's happening, and I think there are sufficient details we got in these two episodes to suggest, okay, this is definitely dark we're calling him Dark Dale or Dale Pulganger. Yeah, yeah. Dark D- Dale Pulganger. Yeah, how do you say that? Dale Pulganger. Well, it's called Doppelganger, you know. I uh they I realize now that all the shows I love copy Twin Peaks ah. in, in many ways. Yeah, we're right, talking about right. Pretty Little Liars and how it's Well, like, I mean, I'm thinking of the Van Brothers, the CW shows, Doppelganger. But mm-hmm. you know what? They actually created the OG Doppelganger. Yeah. we could. I mean, if we started listing the number of shows since Twin Peaks that have cribbed from it heavily, we would spend the entire show just doing that, probably yeah. for the duration of the run. Which is why I love this show so much. I really love it. But the thing about the Doppelganger... Is that it's kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Are you guys a little bit scared by all of it? Does it make you have nightmares? No. Like I me? Love car- I love scary movies. No, no, it doesn't make me have nightmares. I'm you just... don't ever have nightmares? Uh, sometimes, but... It's never about Twin Peaks, because for <laughs> me... No, it's not, no. <laughs> I've been re-watching it and the movie, and I'm, I'm like, yo, that's where I had my uh, OG nightmares from. Right, Firewalk with me is definitely more on the scary side, yeah. but the... Season one and two. I wouldn't say I'd have nightmares from that, but it, it, it accentuated my dreams. We'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> yeah, what do you think we'll, of Beulah? Uh, yeah. huh? Beulah. 
Do you remember oh, Beulah wait, tonight? Oh, which one was that again? The lady that like didn't have any teeth. Oh, Beulah with the nice nails and the no teeth. She was living in the house where <laughs> I evil Dale came, knocks, knocks the guy out. So was it Otis who was sitting in the chair and he was drinking moonshine? And Daria. Uh, yeah, and he what is he like in charge of Daria and whatever his name was? Was it, uh, guys, the one that Daria was oh. in cahoots with? Oh, his name. Like Dale's bitch. Jack. <laughs> Jack, yeah, no, the yeah, other yeah. one, uh, Ray, was the other one. Jack was the third guy who they talk about, but we don't, but right. we don't yeah. know. Right. Okay. I want to see more of that family. Let me just say, yeah. guys, bear with us. <laughs> bear with us as we, like, trek through this entire thing. Because I kind of wish we could all see it at once, and then we could talk about it. But we don't exactly know what is happening. Mm-hmm. But... What, what I do know, though, is that when he's sitting talking to Otis and the guy he took out outside comes back in with the gun, <laughs> the way he casually just whap with his hand and the dude's out was... Are you talking the, about Darkdale? Yeah. yeah. It's about the greatest thing I've ever seen. Darkdale. Dirty Dale. Well, Dirty Dale, Dee <laughs> Dee, you know... <laughs> He was always Dee's a kind of hot in a dirty way. So you get to see, like, as time's gone on since the show, he's like, even in his doppelgamer form, he's just as tough. Mm. I mean, listen, if you get some tanner on somebody and grow their hair long, I think that's a great thing for actors to stay young. I'm just saying. A little spray tan doesn't hurt. He I've noticed good. that with older actors. Sometimes you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy, but no, you no, know no. I'm There's right. a lot of older actors that get tans, you know, to kind of like <laughs> fade the lines and that sort of he, thing. I loved Dark Dale, and there was a lot of stuff that was happening with him. So, can we talk about the doppelganger again, the situation? Because there's him in the Red Room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's him in the real world, which is he's, like, murderous, and he's kind of, like, semi-harass... Not harassing, sexually assaulting, possibly, girls. He murdered that girl. Mm-hmm. Straight up murdered her. But... We also saw a part where he saw Laura Palmer again. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about that? And, I mean, Laura Palmer has aged, of course. The actress has aged. But in the last we saw her, we'll see her in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like a reenactment of the first time, right? Yeah. The first Red Room There are a couple of repeated lines. And the, so yeah. I feel like I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back is yeah. from the first Red Room scene on the original series. Yeah, I don't... I mean, obviously, they all look older because it's been 20-some-odd years, and these actors have have obviously aged, but I'm curious to see if there is an in-universe explanation for why... These these versions of themselves or their their spirits or their souls or what whatever it is that's still stuck in the lodge, why they have aged as well. And then there was that part with Laura Palmer where she was sucked up after she yeah. whispers something and it was to terrifying. Him. It was so scary, and she got sucked away. And you go, oh crap! She shouldn't have said what, that. What about when she like opened her face? Yeah, face opened off. her face up. I oh mean. My God. Pretty much. I don't know. <laughs> I really she wish... doesn't know it's her, but she does know it's her. I, wish... I mean, I feel yeah. like that sometimes. <laughs> I wish I could give the answers to everybody. I wish I could be that person that could say, listen, this is what happened. But We're going to find them what? out. Yeah. Yeah, and we're if you guys out, have yeah. any input, you know, we're on the chat here, so let us know what you think. I yeah, see is anyone chatting? Oh, my God. There's a few. There, Teresa Stewart's commenting, Charmed Original, Dave Ski. I love Charmed so, Original. Yeah. She always comments on my she, shows. They said, was the woman, Tracy, who bought, 
who brought in the coffees, Grace Sheffield from the nanny, and then another guy answered it, and he said, yeah. So The thing about this reboot of the show, that's what I'm going to call it, is that we have so many famous people that are oh, low-key wow. that we have seen a million times before. And we're just, they're, and they're kind of like thrown in on the low-key vibe. Right, like, I mean, you brought up Ashley Judd before, who was in one scene in the first episode as Ben Horn's, what, secretary? Yeah. Something like that. And it's it's seems so strange that you'd cast an actress of Ashley Judd's caliber and notoriety to play a fairly small and consequential part. But the flip side to that is that we're talking about David Lynch. She might have a bigger role. She may. And of course, we've got we've got a number of weeks to see how involved she is. But if she's not that involved, I'm just going to chalk it up to like, well, it's Lynch be Lynch. Mm-hmm. I think any of those any of those actors and actresses would just love. Love this kind of a role. I mean, it's like he very rarely does stuff. So when you finally get a chance to audition for him, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I heard that there are a lot of actors that like called him up and were like, hey, put me in this. So there's there's, like like, a cast of like over 100 different people that are going to have cameos. Well, what's interesting, too, is he apparently doesn't audition people in any traditional way. He Mm -hmm. apparently looks at photographs Mm -hmm. and casts based on that. He'll look at photographs and then he'll say okay this person and then they'll meet with that person and then they just talk as far as i know Mm -hmm. is what i've heard about his process so there aren't really auditions in a traditional sense um well um i i did work on the show as a stand-in and um one of the guys he was uh got booked through a background casting service christopher gray and he told me well he he played the part the guy that was opening the garage for Dale. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part? Yeah. <laughs> the he, one where he like does he the face mush thing? Yeah, he massages his face. <laughs> yeah. He said he just um, was told he needed to send in like a one minute video about himself. And that's how he got the part. Just like on the phone. Just a selfie video. Yeah. Yeah. And he got it. That well, tracks. I, Lisa, I love that you were a stand on the show. Yeah. <gasps> that is so cool. Yeah. But not a body double, Sam. I know, I know. You didn't get fucked up with that. <laughs> Can we Sorry. beat that? Is it's it too late? late night. No, Sorry. it's fine. It's a showtime show. She We're thought, good. I, but I should just claim that butt. I said it oh, again. Oh, that was my ass. I said it Definitely. the first time, no. and Lisa goes, no, no, I, that did not happen. I Don't was, like, that. so confused, but no. You looked at her like. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it again. But, no, you stood there, and then uh-huh. everyone else had, had all that happen, right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Well, stand-ins, actually, we basically do all the marks, and the crew lights us, and we kind of do all the rehearsals, and we watch the actors, and the actors watch us, and then we find all the right spots, and then we step out of the frame, and the actor goes in, and they do the the role. You're part of this. So wait, who were you the actual stand-in for? Uh, For a few people, for Ashley Judd, uh, Laura Dern... Um, some other people that I don't think I should maybe so say So she everybody. knows the most secrets. <laughs> so you could actually, you yeah, could yeah, potentially yeah. confirm or deny whether or not Ashley Judd factors in. We're not going to make her. In. No, We're not going to make her do it, but I'd I, almost be mad if you did. They're so secretive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they even want me doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would, you know, be taken to the red room and that'd be the end of you. So that's oh. fine. I can, I'll, I'll be good with that. 25 years. So you're 25 that's years. Cool. Put me down. Put me in. <laughs> so again, about Dale, we have this entire thing and he is able to jump out. Do you guys think that I'm just confused? I'm so confused about who he's going to be. 
present day and what the yeah what I all this is is him. Diane still going to be around? Is he going to have his tape recorder? I think that it's you know been passed. Maybe he'll. I was okay. I made a really stupid joke as we were watching, it, and I'll say it again. Thirteen going on thirty is a really dumb movie, but I love it. No, it's cute. It, is it, that no, the one that's cute. basically big, but with Jennifer Garner? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so I got vibes of that this time. Uh, again, big vibes. That's the perfect example. Big. I'm I'm afraid that he's going to jump back into the world and wait. You know, there's like an a, interdimensional glass box with murder ghosts in it, and thirteen going on thirty. Well, no. <laughs> do I gotta do I gotta watch thirteen going on thirty right now? In my mind, yes. Okay. There has to be something that happens in the in between. So I think that he's going to go back into the world and kind of be a little bit confused. He, presumably, he's missed quite a bit. Can Cell he, phones. Cell phones alone. Like, hand Agent Cooper a smartphone as soon as he comes out of there. His brain's going to explode. <laughs> but, okay, I just want to clarify something with you guys. The Laura Palmer of it all, the doppelganger, I never really figured that she had a doppelganger until the very end, until Fire Walk With Me. But what is her doppelganger? Where is she? Who is she? And how is this happening? Because I think that's going to be a very big part of this show. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Well, what about the cousin? You didn't think that that was Maddie, the do- right? You just did. You think that was simply just her cousin? Yeah. There was nothing more to it. Ooh. Well, I thought. I thought yes, because it was uh, Lynch. Very much likes the blonde brunette dichotomy. You see it pop up over and over again in his movies, um, and it also you could argue it's a nod to um, like Hitchcock, and uh, also. The, the aesthetic of uh, going all the way back to it's a hardcore sidebar, but in uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which, of course, you've got your blonde and your, brun- and your brunette. There's a little kid that is so David Lynchy. Go back and watch Howard Hawks' Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and look at the little David Lynchy kid mm. and tell me there's not some weird, bizarre universe connective I tissue there. I always thought the, the kid that lives um, next door to Harold in mm-hmm. the in the second season that that uh lives with his grandmother that pulls oh, the cream oh, corn yeah. like, out of the who's dressed like a little David Lynch, Lynch. Corn, you look corn. just like yeah. David Lynch and what did the corn represent wasn't it just evil it's it Garmin Bosia it's yeah, like pain yeah. and sorrow that they right. eat and it looks corn like is corn. delicious but I don't think <laughs> but I don't really see that I see peppers maybe peppers are pain and sorrow not corn but peppers don't go down as smooth as the <laughs> Like those those really gross close-ups of them eating the corn in the movie. Um, okay, we got to hit a lot of stuff because we're going to run out of time oh pretty my soon. Yes. Gosh, okay. No. All right. We have the log lady, you guys. Got to oh. talk about log lady. Did you, you bring your thing? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. Well, like you got a log. We have a special surprise. surprise. Yeah. A special surprise. Yeah, I, I, was save, I was saving it, but I guess for our predictions. But oh. to honor the, <laughs> to honor the log lady, I brought my log. Yeah, Catherine Coulson, yeah. who worked with David Lynch his entire career, stretching all the way back to Eraserhead, who of course passed away in 2015, shortly after completing her scenes as the log. Telling you something. What is what is she saying? Make sure you watch next Sunday. Put your hand on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Log. Plug that show. Um, but seeing her, knowing that she passed away of cancer very shortly after filming her scenes, and seeing her, you know, she's got, it looks like they incorporated some of that into her character. That, I don't know about you guys, like, that got me. That was the first yeah. time that I, I genuinely welled up watching. Did you? I did. Oh. No, like, that got me. Like, I'm not, I'm not even ashamed. Like, that got me. It made me think, did they come to her? You know. What do you mean? Like, instead of, like, being like, hey, we need you to fly out to Hollywood, shoot these scenes. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I bet they went to her. They may have. 
have. They may have. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple like of those stories within the cast. There's been a few people that have died, and they and they filmed them, uh, mm-hmm. which is so fascinating and amazing that this show can kind of continue with that, and that it just. Very timely. Yeah, Miguel Ferrer, who played Albert, yeah, shot a, his scenes and then passed away. It's a bit creepy. Warren Frost, who played Doc Hayward and is Mark Frost's father, uh, yes. just passed away recently, but he shot all his scenes. But there's, we're talking about the log lady, and this is some stuff, this is the first thing that happens that ties into the book, and I'll save the book explanations for maybe next week's so tease, tease. But when she tells Hawk, there's something missing, it has to do with Agent Cooper, and the way you're going to discover it has to do with your heritage. Mm. Some red flags went off in my brain. Um, and then, of course, there's some business with this conspiracy that seems to be shaping around Dark Dale, who is apparently supposed to return to the Black Lodge, but is refusing to. And somebody is trying to have him killed. And it's a conspiracy that apparently involves Philip Jeffries, who was David Bowie's character from Fire Walk With Me. And then they also, on this mysterious call with someone who may or may not actually be Philip Jeffries, they reference, oh, you met with Major Garland Briggs, correct? And he says he did. And that got me. That, I love him. I love his character. Don Davis, incredible. And, of course, I, I passed away. Always, he, oh, he oh. passed away years and years ago. Well, there we go. But that, too, having read the book, set off alarm bells in my head. Well, guys, I am so sorry. I wish we could sit here all night and talk about it with you, but yeah. we can't. On that note, let's get into some predictions yeah, for the yeah, next yeah. couple weeks. After Buzz TV predictions. We got this. Br- bring out that Ladies log. First. What does the log tell you? Uh, <laughs> will you what pass it around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The log tells me Dr. Jacoby is going to have some pinnacle part in this. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even hit on this weird random scene with Dr. Jacoby getting a shovel delivery. It's going to be a really smart thing. Yeah, I think he was bearing uh, about three people. Love, too, though, that he was wearing dark glasses over his colored glasses. <laughs> Signs, you know. Um, the log tells me that a lot of ladies are going to die before this show's over. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like too much. I'll sit here for 20 minutes and just speculate <laughs> wildly. Uh, there are two more episodes that are going to be available uh, that are available now, right? Yeah. And, and we'll yeah. talk about those next week. Uh, it, David Lynch talked about this as an 18-hour movie split into chapters, and I think the first two episodes certainly bear that out. I am beyond thrilled. If you guys can't tell, I'm beyond, beyond thrilled to be back in this world. It's like I said earlier, it's like 20 some odd years of Christmases and my birthdays all rolled into a couple of hours tonight for me. I love it. I'm real pumped. That's my prediction. I'm just going to continue to be uh, effusive about it. That log's excited. Oh my god. (laughs) This is so exciting. I love him. So, I think that Shelly, obviously, we saw her at the end of the episode, is going to be coming back into play. And also... Who else do we see? We forgot to mention James. him. James has James. always been cool. James, James and Shelly, cool. I think, maybe have some kind of thing going on. Yeah, I want to know who Shelly's husband is, because she said that she has a daughter. And her daughter's involved with the wrong guy, which is well, something Shelly herself would know more than a little <laughs> yeah. about. We're going to meet their kids at some point, too. The yeah. kids of this generation yeah, yeah, yeah. of characters. James' son was with them. Did you notice was that? Was that his son? He, this kid, so. I think, was British. Oh, he looked like a little James. Never mind. Never mind. Well, you anyway. know what? I think there are some kind of kids coming into play, like I said earlier in the episode. Andy and Lucy's son is about 24. Yep. There is something happening here. So thank you guys so much for bearing with us and all of our theories. And we love you all so much. And we are going to talk to you all week. No joke. 
follow us, tweet at us, and comment in the YouTube comments. On that note, where can everyone find you? Hey, you can find me at Lisa Mason Lee everywhere on the internet. You can find me at Michael X Shirley on Instagram and Twitter. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And I'm never letting go of this <laughs> You can find me at Sam Davidson at samdavidsonentertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram at samd43. We would love to hear your theories, so please continue to talk to us, and we will see you next Sunday. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.